My first thing is a watch. Watch Black Panther. And I want you to watch Black Panther thinking about Chadwick Boseman and... Bob, is that his... Fuck, wait, hang on. Yeah, it's Chadwick Boseman. Okay, can we do you this again? No, no, we're not going to do on. that. No, no, no you got to keep that in. I because the dude needs respect because I said it. I thought fuck no, it's Boswick. But then I thought Barry Boswick. No, no, an old white guy is not Chad. Fuck shit. That all happened in the split second that I said his name. Please edit this out. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Ape Cast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. So you're working hours. Let's just say, let's just say, this creative project that you're the creative director. What could You say that like I'm lying about it. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's like you it's, almost but, put air quotes around creative well, director. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is my experience, and I said you know, I haven't worked for your firm. I don't know your firm, but my experience in those situations is that there's an awful lot of wasted energy doing things that seem like work but aren't really work. So, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna ask, like in a, in a typical eight hours. What would you say you do the most of in that eight hours? Would you say you spend the most time yeah. composing emails? Would you say you spend the most time creating spreadsheets with information? How much time do you actually make decisions that affect the end product? I'm curious yeah, because you're talking what... about you're talking about like twelve hours a day kind of work, right? And I'm it's sort of like this is the thing, and it's not because you know I am not. Uh, a slacker. I am. I'm a. No, I'm definitely. Not. I'm definitely a worker bee. But what I'm having a hard time envisioning, for the same. So it's sort of like we had the conversation a couple of episodes ago about like what do you? What could you possibly? How could you make one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year and then complain about a bill? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I don't understand about a bill. Well, wait, but I don't understand how somebody can make that kind of money. And then what do you fucking do it? So my question is: In yeah. twelve hours with this one, and this is one project, right? Yeah. It's not like it's not like you're doing nineteen projects. It's one year. Twelve. What do you do in twelve hours? How do you spend that twelve hours? Well, that, I, hair, that Harry resents. I. I this is not the only project that I'm on. So there are. This so is how just, much this of is the, the big one? Yeah. Uh, right. But in a typical eight-hour day, I'd say that I would spend. Or no, you said what do I spend eight hours if we talk about a twelve? Yeah, hour like day, it, I, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just the, I mean, just project. break yeah. yeah, break it down. Well, how much time do you spend? I would say that it's probably six hours playing solitaire on my phone, figuring out how I can make the best use of my time for this project. Yeah, and that's, that's how and I that's, start. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's what I would. Yeah, yeah that's sort of my experience there's, with the middle management. Is that is sort of the experience? There's yeah. another hour each day that I spend uh, either pooping or pretending to poop, so I can play more solitaire on my phone. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, that gets us seven hours, and then probably about four or five hours doing the actual work. It's either. So what is the actual work? Again, yeah. this is this is. I am curious. You asked me if I was curious. Yeah. I am curious. What a creative director mm-hmm. does on a on a on a documentary 
Yeah. Uh, about a thing that's already happened in history. It's I mean, sure it's very interesting. I'm not. I'm really not like making yeah. fun of like you know, like casting sort of a judgment on the, the. But but I'm just wondering. I understand why editing a documentary takes a long time. That's sure. a very painstaking process. I understand writing one. I understand like actually filming it and yeah. getting in the room that kind of stuff. But I'm wondering what a creative director who sits in his office so that his son shames him to yeah. go work. Yeah. What is that work? What are you well, I, doing? I'll, yeah, I'll tell you what I did for this project. So it started with um, writing a treatment. What is this thing going to look like? You know, how are we going to do it? What are the questions for the interviewees? You know, creating a treatment for this thing. Um, yeah. Then I, you know, which involves time to think, you know, thinking about what should this thing look like? Doing a little research. Have there been other documentaries similar to this that I can either be inspired by or steal from? Or, you know, you got to do your, the, the creative process is sometimes mm-hmm. when you're just staring at a blank wall is more important than actually typing the shit out. Or so then my, the all right. So, so then how much of that treatment time was staring at a blank wall or watching documentaries? Oh, I don't. Uh, Break it down like a percentage, like all the time from the time you said, okay, now I have to write this treatment, which is a, a substantial task. It's, I'm not, Christ, I'm not, dude. I, I'm not, I could not, it. I cannot even do the math on that right now. I could go back into my timesheets and be like, oh, let's sort it out. I don't know. But it's, and then what do you think? And then there's, re, uh, let's just call it 10 hours. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, all right. But then, yeah, then there's, there's emails and there's meetings about it and there's, you know, making edits to things and changing some stuff and then changing stuff again and getting the treatment to a, pl- a point where everybody's on board. You're on board. Your internal team is on board. Your client is on so board. So it's a con- yeah, consensus driven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it's uh, walking through the treatment with your production crew, your director, your photography, your all that. Um, we did a lot of pre-interviews with, with our subjects to make sure that she's comfortable Um you know, because she's a quiet, you know, wonderful but shy older woman. Um, and then it was writing the documentary. So we, I had to go through, I sat in on the interviews. So those so were a couple, you wrote, those were a couple so of So you actually wrote the documentary? Yeah. Okay, so that's not creative director, because creative director, well, I mean, in my opinion, creative director sounds like a middle management position. But it sounds to me like you're you're the documentary, you, you created the idea for the documentary, you booked all the talent for the documentary, you walked people through it, and then you had to go through the middle management part where you had to actually get everybody's buy-in and take everybody's yeah. fucking lame-ass fucking advice and incorporate that somehow so they can all go, I feel like I'm a part of it, Yeah, you know, because that's the thing. I mean, in, and and you actually wrote word for word. You wrote the script of the documentary. Yes, based off the interviews. You know, so I had to go through all the transcripts and watch the image. You know, watch the the footage. So again. you edited. Like, so basically, you your script is an edit of footage. Yes. So then you basically edit it. I mean, I didn't edit the footage, but I yeah. I I mean, I took well, what I was mean, there you, and yeah. You edited the footage yeah. before they actually edited the footage. So yes. you did a pre-edit of the footage. Yeah. And so yeah, because you got to find the best takes and the best. All right, stuff so now I understand the story. Now yeah. I kind of understand why you get one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year <laughs> because that's you're basically a wage slave uh, because you do everything. I mean, you did every, yes, creative basic, direction. The way you described it, you've done everything hands-on, other than actually film it and be the old black lady. Yes, and I, I did. I do have. I, I've got a producer that does a lot of stuff. That does a lot of booking. I've you know a lot of 
production stuff. And I've got a, uh, a creative associate who I tasked with um, sourcing images that we can use as B-roll. You know, so she was great with that. Uh-huh. So, but like, here's the direction on what to get. Um, but yeah, it's a time-consuming thing. And I've, I've got to do another hard edit on the script tonight slash tomorrow morning. Um, I mean, it's just... It, the point is, is that by the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, I'm... Fuck it. At the end of the day, I am... I'm, I, I, one, I can't sit anymore, you know? Like, yeah, I need yeah. to get the fuck up. Two, I can't stare at a fucking computer screen anymore. Three, I'm, I'm out of gas, man. You know, oh like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and and that's so. It's not just uh, it's not just sort of like the ennui of the world. It's not just the ennui of the world. It is it is a combination of you. You are tasked with a job that is is uh, is very time consuming, and then uh, and and then. You have to contend with the fact that you have a kid and all that shit. Yeah, it's so hard. that's really so it's, it's hard. And, and okay. look, I'm I'm not complaining. I am not complaining at all. This is the job. Uh, I'm grateful to have the job. I'm grateful for the salary. I'm and I'm I'm working hard. And you know, it's not always like this. It comes in waves. I mean, you know, three yeah, weeks this ago, is, this I was is a major of, project. Yeah, this is a major project for a sure. major client. Okay, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's sucking. It's sucking all the creative energy. It's it's not sucking. It is requiring all of the creative energy that I've got, which is fine, and it will be good, and I'll be proud of it. And when it's done, it's done, and I can then refocus a bit. Uh, may I may I ask uh, uh, again? Uh, sometimes our our podcast becomes. I'm just gonna try to. I, I you know, it's like it's because one of the things that uh, and I'll I'll back it. It's, it's things, Don is gonna gaslight a guy. That's what it is. No, it's not gaslight. It's like <laughs> I was I was talking I was talking to a guy a guy from Stations Casino and 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 there has been some uh, some talk to me uh, about my resume. So they're looking at me for for stuff, I nice. guess. Okay, that's good. And one of the and one of the conversations, like they asked me what I wanted, what I thought, how, you know, what I wanted to do, because I don't really want to be an operations manager. Um, apparently, and the squawk is, I am fucking a great. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I I think I do fine. Yeah. But apparently, I am a very unique operations manager, um, both from the management side of it, that my staff have nothing but, I guess they did an internal audit. I didn't know about this yeah. of all our, of all our managers in wildfire. So this is probably like 80 or 90 managers. Wow. And, uh, and, and that there was some internal audit and they, and, and basically I'm, I'm right at the top, you know, and with, with the least amount of experience, like the, the, the rest of the people in the top 10% have been there for fucking 30 years doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I've been in a year and a half, but I'm right up there because, you know, and That's so you're like, not a slacker. Well, you know, yeah, I think there's probably some of that, but that's what they were, they were talking about. And one of the things that I told them that I have done is I've acted as a consultant and the guy looked at me. It was the same, the same sort of like, because I don't look at you when you say you're the creative director and you're spending all this time. Is I don't look at it with derision or sort of an eye roll. Yeah, I'm just curious what it is you spend your time doing, and you've now explained that in pretty good detail. And I think that 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 ups. I'm not that I didn't respect what you did anyway, but now I have an understanding. Yeah. But what I said, I was I acted as a consultant. The guy looked at me. He said, "Oh." 
so how do you consult? <laughs> and it was like, oh, you don't, you've not had good experience with consultants. Consultants <laughs> is a very salesy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. said, so you, you haven't had any good experience with consultants. And he said, well, probably not. I think you probably nailed that. I said, well, I said, what I do is I go in and I listen to what you're, what you do. And I basically tell you how you're fucking it completely up and how you could do it better. And he laughed. He went, oh, I said, maybe I'd like you as a consultant. You know, because that, that's that's the kind of consultant I want, but I never get that. I always feel like, you know, and I said, you feel like they're basically sucking your dick for money, right? They went, well, that's not how I would have put it, but yeah, okay, yeah. I can see that. I said, yeah, yes, that's that's kind of, yeah, that's what a lot of consultants, consultants. Yeah. I said, let me guess, many of your consultants were like 25-year-old women who are social media marketers, right? Yep. Yep. And he goes, okay, yeah, that's a fair percentage. Why'd you say that? I said, because that's you don't have to know a fucking thing to be a social media marketer. It's just like, you just have to have fucking Facebook and have done it a lot and understand the basics of SEO and, and, and meta tags and certain search engine protocols. I said, yeah, it's an expertise, but everybody without a degree says, that's what I'm doing. It's like, I get it as an events guy. I've run into that. So here's my consultant question. Yeah. Could your experience working in your job be benefited from a bit of uh, time management control? It absolutely could. And because what I would say to anybody that said, yeah, I got up at three o'clock in the morning to work on a project and I've been working for 12 hours, I would say that's probably unnecessary and you could have gotten up at six and had breakfast and taken a shower and started at eight o'clock and gotten plenty done between eight and maybe six and then said you know what now i'm gonna go play with my son who i'm leaving behind and will be 25 before i blink my eye well part of the reason that i woke up at three this morning is because i work better in the pre-dawn i work better if i go to bed early and that's fair. Yeah, get some good nights. I just so a lot of a lot of people that I work with, they work late. You know, so so they why work, aren't you done by noon? Because uh, there's other projects to work on, and there's just other no, but, stuff. And but that's just bad time management. You're not managing your it time might be. well. It it very well could be. And I, this is something I struggle with. I don't think that I'm bad at time management. I think no, that I'm, I can be a lot better at it. And I, but a lot of it is. Uh, like I didn't fuck around at all today. I mean, I no, I, I'm I not. I, I would never accuse I, you I of that. I did yeah. go. I did. I did poop today, and I played solitaire for maybe like 15 minutes on the can. Okay, fine. Um, I took the dog for a walk, but like I didn't. I didn't take a two-hour lunch break. You know, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, um, had a sandwich, that kind of thing. I had, I had a lot of. I had a lot of meetings. You know, phone calls about things and or Zoom calls, whatever. Uh. And how efficient are these Zoom calls? Most of them are efficient. We're pretty good at, at keeping things efficient with Zoom and calls. How much of, and how much of those Zoom calls could be accomplished in one email? That's one of the things. That's one of the right. things my general my general manager, because I'm kind of acting as a consultant to him, whether he likes it or not. And that's one of the things he and I have talked about is is how efficient his meetings are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because his meetings, and, and, and this isn't a dig at him at all. It's just like, well, I, let me actually back up. I had to go to a, a, a training 
this is what started this whole uh, let's talk to you about other things you might do for the company kind of thing. Yeah. Was uh, we had this training where it was like, hey, I think I told you about this. I think we put it in the podcast, but it was basically, hey, you're, you're managers, you're the leaders of the company. And so you have to spend four hours in a conference room, socially yes, distanced with right. masks on. We're going to do a PowerPoint and then we're going to show you a TED, we're going to do, you know, three hours and 45 minutes and then show you a, a, a TEDx story. And you're going to walk away feeling powerful. Well, one of the things that we had to do after that was um, do a follow-up with our general manager. And he wanted to know what, what our takeaways from it were. Yeah. And, you know, everybody did what they're supposed to do. They they thought about it and they wrote it out and they had a conversation with him and it was about a 45-minute conversation and that kind of stuff. And he brought me in and he goes, would you bring your notes? I said, no, I didn't bring my notes. Yeah. He said, do you have notes? I said, uh, not, I mean, they're on my iPad and they're, you know, I can read them off to you in about five minutes. A lot of doodles. And he went, so you didn't get anything out of this thing. I said, well, what I got out of it, I said, it's unfortunate, but what I got out of this four-hour meeting is that these guys don't know how to do any kind of workshop on leadership at all. <laughs> that's what I got out of it. I said, I because got... Because you're I got, an event guy, because that's I, an exactly. event. That's yeah, I said, what I said, yeah. what I got, yeah, what I got out of it was a whole lot of empty self-help platitudes, like, be, you're here to make people be the best worker they can be, kind of bullshit, combined with some new bureaucracy... I said the only two things that were actually interesting um, was we had this. They're changing a thing where our progressive discipline is, uh, and that's if you, you know if you're late for work or if yeah. you're a fuck up or whatever. The, and I, what I have to say is they've stations has tried very hard not to go union, and they've tried so hard that they've created levels of bureaucracy that, in my opinion, actually do protect their hourly workers, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But as a manager, it's a fucking labyrinth of bullshit. You know, it yeah. just, it, it's so, now it's a point system and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, now they're changing it from, like, if you do, David, if you're my bartender and you clock in late, you clock in an hour late. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a time infraction and that's one point. Now, at the end of the year, if you get 12 points, you're fired. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's the deal, right? Is there a conversation so, around those points, like mid-year? Well, like, where are we going? Well, like, you're late a well, lot, David. Is, What's going the, on? Well, the thing is, there is up. What it's been to this point is, if you get a point, you are coached, and okay. you have to document. Oh, right. And okay. you have yeah, to document. This. Yeah, yeah, you have to document the coaching. Well, they're changing it from coaching, which is not on their permanent. You know, you say you coach them, but it doesn't. It's not an infraction kind of thing. Right. And and now counseling. So what they what they did was they said, okay, here here everybody in the room got their individual. Here's the infraction. Would you coach that person or would you counsel them? Right. Knowing that counseling is basically like the the equivalent of a Catholic school permanent record thing, right? Yeah. And uh, and I was, I, you know, I I've that's I've basically been coaching. I've I've been looking at coaching as, hey, dude, dude. You're fucking late. Stop being late. Yeah. You know that's yeah. that's my version of coaching. Yeah, which is and, fine. But counseling has to be more. In, you know, it's like that's the thing. And Why? So one how, of them, how can we help you be more <clears throat> better with your time management to arrive on time? What 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 can we do, or what can you do in your life to uh, adjust? Yeah, and I'm and solve I'm a bit more. That, yeah, I'm a bit more tough yeah. love guru with that. It's like you're fucking late three times in a row. Could you yeah. not be fucking late? What's the problem? Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, I have to ride the bus. Well, then fucking leave earlier. Leave earlier. What's the, yeah. How hard is this? This is not brain surgery, right? Yeah. Um, 
Well, so that was interesting, but I thought, but what I, what my takeaway was is that everybody else in this management team I was sitting in, they're all really looking to fire people. That's their, their whole agenda is what can I do to get rid of these slack asses? Yeah. And across the board, I'm like, no, all you gotta do is just say, Hey, you know, what's the, what's the story? Just talk to them. That's all you gotta do. That's what I do with my staff. I just talk to them. And I get along very well with them, and we don't have any problems. I've, you know, but so that was the thing. Yeah. And uh, and so there, sir uh, Jeff was like, so he said, so what do you think of my meetings? If that's what you thought of that meeting, what do you think of my meeting? I said, oh, are you sure you want to know? And he kind of sat back, and I can't see his face because he's got a mask on. But he, he sits, but he sits back and he goes. Yeah, I might be opening up something I don't like, but yeah, what do you think? I said, a lot of what your meetings could be done are, it's just, it's let's just go around the room and say what your issues are and what questions do you have. And then we talk about it. At least we'll ask seven questions and we'll spend 40 minutes answering those seven questions. And then you give us a list of shit you want us to do, which could be accomplished with a meeting with Elise and you sending an email with stuff you want us to do. Yeah, I said, but I, but I also understand that that's part that that your agenda for your meetings is that you want to have FaceTime with your staff. You want to have your management. You want to sit down with them and have face to face. I think right. other things could be done in that management meeting than that. And he went, so you think they're boring? I said, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I said, there's no question. I said, I said, if you looked at the notes I take during during your meetings, it's just doodles. It's yeah. a lot of doodles. Yeah. And then once in a while, I write something that might be pertinent to my day-to-day job. And that's about it. You know, I said, uh, and then I write a lot of jokes. I like, I write lots of jokes about, oh, and Elise asked another question about what she does if a cat comes across her path. You know, or some just shit, just like, yeah. oh, yeah, Elise, another inane. And, uh. And the thing about it is these are all good questions, but it's just like this could be done so more efficient. So I asked that's why I asked the Zoom question. Like, I I feel that at this agency, every meeting that we have, internally anyway, in when it when it involves the client, sometimes not so much. Well that's a different yeah, that's yeah. a different kind of meeting. But internally they're they are uh they're necessary because they reduce the the email that would be 30 fucking emails back and forth or, you know, 30 Slack messages or 30 text messages. It's like, can we just talk this out in 10 minutes? And so okay, you, cool, good. So Let's are go. the Zoom meetings 10 minutes long or are they an hour long? Some, it depends. It depends on what it is. I mean, if it's a quick like, hey, let's jump on a call real quick. Let's have this meeting. That's a 10 minute call. Sometimes a five minute call. Um, sometimes it turns into a 30 minute call, which is even more productive. And I love that. Uh, sometimes we have, uh, we, we try to avoid hour long meetings. We try to set them for 45 minutes. That way when you're scheduling, you can like book your shit out with a 15 minute break so you can catch up on emails or, you know, take a bio break or play solitaire on the toilet, you know, whatever the fuck it's going to be. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Basically my equivalent of going to, I hate meetings. I hate them. I mean, I did. I remember Daniel Ash, who was my boss at WBEZ for a long time. He's got to hire me there. Um, he and I made a deal where I would I would get called in the meetings. The director of events, I'd come into a meeting and I'd sit down, and he our, he would call the meeting, and I would ascertain within five minutes whether I needed to be at that meeting. And yeah. if I didn't need to be at the meeting, I'd just get up and leave. Yeah. And and at one point, he pulled me aside. He said, "Just the third meeting, you've just gotten up and left. What the fuck is going on?" Jeez, I said, "Dude." Stop. 
Dude, I got time. I got shit to do. I have. I actually have work to do, things that are work-related to yeah. get done. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit in a meeting for an hour while you guys talk around stuff that has absolutely fucking nothing to do with what I have to get done. Yeah. So that at the end of the day, you come to me and say, why didn't you get this thing that you needed to get done? Why didn't it get done? Well, because you called three fucking meetings and I spent three and a half hours doing nothing. So if I'd have had that three and a half hours to actually be working on my job, that thing would be done. Anyway, he said, okay. And he looked at me and said, okay, well, can we make a rule? I said, what's the rule? He said, instead of you just getting up and leaving, which is kind of disrespectful. It's a dick move. Well, I just, I've got fucking time for this shit. And he said, said, I'll make you a deal. I said, what? He said, "Um, after about five minutes, five or ten minutes, I will look to you and I'll say, Don, is this pertinent to what you need? Mm Mm-hmm. And if you say no, then I will let you leave. How's that? I went, you know, that works just fine. And that's how we did it. We did that every time. I got called in for a lot less meetings. Yeah. Which made me happy because I fucking hate goddamn meetings. Um, And uh, yeah. I mean, I have have days when it's just meeting, 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 meeting. And it's like, uh, do I need to be here for for all of them? Eh, Not all of them. However... I think because of 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 COVID and the separate because you know I'm working from home and I don't have the face to face with with this because I was two months into this new job when we yeah, yeah. when we split. I I don't mind sitting on these meetings that I'm not that I don't absolutely have to be at because I can it allows me like all right here's how I can I can see how other people work and I it's been hard to get a gauge on how things work without being there. So it just, it allows me more time to do that. Sometimes it's like, this is fucking stupid. I'm, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to pay attention or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean, just... I, I have, I really have no complaints about the, the process of the agency or the number of meetings I'm in or about the workload that I have. I okay, think it, so... it comes in waves and I probably need to be better at, I do need to be better at time managing um, or, or conserving and better using the fuel Which, that I have, le- well, the that, air that I have left, the oxygen well, I have left. Well, that's what time manage. That's what. Yeah. That's what time management is. Yeah. 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 You know, getting uh, good sleep and spending time with your kid. Cats in the cradle and, and the you know, know, where where uh, were you, Dad? I was working on a documentary. I know that, that's a totally yeah, different and version I, and I badly done. And I will say, the last weekend I was going to work all weekend, but I took the Saturday morning up till Harry's nap. I was like, I'm not going to work this morning. I'm going to be with Harry. I'm going to do this, and I'll work later. You know, later on. Um, but yeah, there were times when he was banging on the office door, and I was like, I, I hug him for a minute. Cats in the cradle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was it. And, yeah. But it'll be fine. It's not, this is not an everyday thing. I, it's, there's this huge project for this huge client, and it's an insanely tight turnaround. There's a lot of shit. I mean, it, it's a fucking 50 minute documentary that I'm writing. I mean, like, it's not like a small thing that's like, you know, I don't know, writing a, a, a you know, writing a, a three-page website See, or something. The you thing know. is, you're the, and I, I, I'm starting to understand it. It suddenly occurred to me. I understand why this is a perfect. This is where this is what you excel at, and why nobody would hire me to do what you do. Because <laughs> as <Well>, a director, because <laughs> as a director, I am much more of a fan of the happy accident. And in the clients, the clients that are spending the money on you don't want happy accidents. They want perfection. 
they want this particular client wants what they want and that yeah that and, changes and, based on their mood yes yeah, so i understand which that makes things even more clients. i thought today i was like we're good this script is fucking tight it is good it is ready to go and the client was like uh no let's take let's let's reduce the stakes let's you know i mean they, whatever they made their changes and like it i have my issues with it it's not a personal thing like you've taken my art and you've just it's not that at yeah, all yeah. it's that i think it could be better but you know what fuck it because i have i'm a soldier i have my marching orders my general's telling me to go into this battle that Man, we're gonna lose yeah. but see fuck this it. is let's why, just do it this is this is i'm not I gonna die the, and at the end of the day i used to we do have corporate money. I used to do corporate shows where yeah. they would hire me to be the director of a corporate show and we had to write scripts and you know and it would be hey you know and we want we want you to get we want you to get the CEO up because he's so funny he's such a funny guy yep. and so we want him to have so could you punch up his speech and stuff and this guy's about as funny as a fucking turd with dust on it I mean just not funny and I mean, at Jesus Christ. And so you do everything you could to make them yeah. funny. Well, you're the guy that would say, no, you're funny enough. You're, you, I've done everything I can to make you funny. I'm the guy that at the end of the day would say, yeah, dude, you're really not funny. So maybe we just pull you from the program. They didn't like that. They didn't like that I would say, you know, your whole anecdote yeah. about about the time you and the and the and the CFO, you know, ran into each other in the hallway and <laughs> you know, and, and you right. said something inappropriate. That's just not flying because that's not a funny or interesting story. They don't want to hear that. What they want to hear is make make what I think is funny funny to everybody. And it's like, no, yeah, not gonna, there's, I'm not a fucking magician. I'm not the David Copperfield of stupid. I can't well, do that. Well, but that's that. the challenge. That's the challenge. So once I get, I get the feedback and it's frustrating and it's annoying. Cause like, again, it's not about me or my work. This is their vision that they came to us with, that we presented. We, you know, tricked it out and they were like, yes, emotion. And, and this is not just a corporate, I mean, it is a corporate product. No, but, it's definitely a corporate product. Yeah. But it's a corporate product from the the uh it's about civil rights and a, and a woman's life like it's it's heavy shit it's not like here's how to be a good uh, yeah culture Citizen. employee or so you know yeah, yeah it's, it's not that bullshit i mean there is some there's some serious weight to this that makes a difference and the point of what it's trying to do is to connect 1963 birmingham to uh, and this woman's story and then can have this connective tissue to today and why it matters and civil rights kind of a hot topic right now uh but anyway once i get done doing my ah fuck this fuck oh god damn it they're doing a disservice i go all right that's out of my system now here's the creative challenge how do i make their shit their chicken shit into chicken salad delicious chicken see, salad see and, and I, you know, it's, that's where it, the creative I, energy goes. I just, then. you remember, you remember the movie Liar Liar? Of course. Um, that was a lie. It seems like <laughs> nice. It seems like, it seems like I'm perpetually stuck in the thing where I can't just say what's on my mind. Yes. 
Yeah. You're good. You're good at playing diplomat and sucking it up and saying, okay, well, I, you know, I tell you and what, you gotta man. have to be, and maybe that's really what they're paying you the money they're paying you and why you're spending so much time. Because I'm telling you, I haven't got the time in my fucking, maybe it's cause I'm fucking old and I could die tomorrow, but I'm telling you, Dude. I haven't got the time in my world to massage the egos of, of people that are bereft of any talent or interest other than they can run a company. It's like, I've got the time to make you funny. Yeah. I, I mean, can't well, do, I, you know, I can't make you relevant. And, and to me, when you describe this, I still am mystified by this whole project, but we can talk about that at a different time. Because what I, what, what the purpose of this whole conversation began was you're having a hard time being creative on your own. Yes, creatively uh, with with time allowed, like literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only yeah, so many yeah, hours like, in the day. And yeah. then with the energy in my brain that if I do have, let's say, two hours. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard for me to to use those two hours and and the fumes of creativity that I've got left to continue to sit at the fucking desk or to sit. I mean, I, I've even tried changing locations. Like I'll bring my laptop out to the kitchen or my reading chair, you know, just to get a different feel of things. Yeah. Uh, but I, if I've got those two hours, I'm like, you know what? I either want to be with my kid or my wife or... Or I just want to sit on the fucking couch and have a fucking beer and yeah. zone oh, yeah. the fuck out and rest my brain. Or I want to go to fucking bed. You know, like I want to. Yeah. I just See, gotta, you need to you need to rest and recharge the brain because it's not yeah. going to be any fucking good otherwise. See, my my issue is because uh, I haven't been writing as much. I still write a lot, and you know, the, I, the I admire of, and am the question of, of your. Well, the question if any of it's any good is that's. I mean, that's. Not, oh no, it's all shit. That. But I respect yeah, that you it, get it out there. That yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but th- that's the thing is I've kind of hit uh, this last week Saturday. Saturday I, I had a piece that uh, I put up on the ape that basically is no one, no one, I can't remember the title of the rose, but no one gives a shit about anything I say about anything to the, basically it's like my opinion. Nobody gives a fuck what I think. Nobody cares what I think. And, and it, it, it's you know, yelling at the wall. You, no one cares what I think. And the wall saying, yeah, you're right. So could you stop? No, please? It's actually not yelling at the wall that they should. It's my realization that, there's too many opinions out there. That's There's what I'm too saying. much stuff, yeah, that's what I'm and saying. I just don't. And I just don't. You know, the, some of the stuff I write about, I, I, I manufacture. I've discovered that I'm manufacturing, um, and this might actually not even manufacturing grievances. Manufacturing an opinion that ah, you know, okay. it's like yeah. I mean, and and one of the things I that, that, that it occurred, occurred to me because I'm writing less and less of that. I'm just writing less about that. I'm working. I mean, I'm actually doing a lot of writing. But what I'm writing right now, I'm working, I'm working a lot on the casino book, the off strip casino mm-hmm. book. I'm yeah. actually, I'm, I mean, I found, I finally found an angle, and I'm going with it, and I'm having fun with that. But that stuff, that's not going to go up on the ape. Right. And so when it comes to the ape, I realized without social media, you know, without without the the, the echo chambers of social media, I, you know, like cultural appropriation. I'm sorry, I don't fundamentally give a shit to even yeah. have an opinion about it. I don't care. You know, you're, you're, the, the you're whole... you taking a sabbatical. Yeah, the whole... Is. Well, it's not even sabbaticals. I'm, I, I don't... Uh, because I don't hear all the complaining, I realize that, you know, it's like, oh, the difference between biological sex and transgender uh, ideology, it's not my fight. I don't give a fuck. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't care. on this topic... It that, affects me in yeah. no way. What do I give a shit? Well, th- and that's the other part of it, is that... 
when I have the time to write for the ape, I don't, I don't want to write about the world. Here's my opinion on George Floyd. Here's my opinion on police brutality. Here's my opinion on Trump. Here's my opinion on fucking Harris as the VP. Whatever the topic is. Yeah. I don't want to write about politics anymore. I'm inspired by that shit. It's within me. I'm thinking about it constantly. But I want to find a way to turn that into something uh, different. So, like, how can I take what's in my head and out there in the world and fictionalize it into a story of fiction? I've been thinking a lot about, uh, and I'm I'm getting to a point here, uh, but I've been thinking a lot about rats. Because these fucking rats in our yard, we have so many fucking rats all over this our neighborhood and I want to write like this story about rats but I don't want to write Ratatouille because that's been done uh great film by the way and or or I don't want to write Mouse you know like there's all these you know but like what can I do about like what, what is my relationship with these rats that I see with the dead rats that I scoop up with my shovel you know a couple times a week because they're eating the poison and dying and I'm like is there a way that I can work in my frustration with uh conservative Christians right now into the rat thing, you know, so I can, I can. So, so you're upset with Chris, conservative Christians. I just threw that out there. I'm just, it's just. The okay. Thing. Cause I, it's like, it's like, I look at so much of the Donald Trump stuff and, and you know, I was talking to my mom, uh, this this morning and it was like, she was kind of going off on, you know, you know, the Trump and, 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 and sort of the, the Portland and all, you know, all the fucking stuff yeah. that's going on. Yeah. And, and she said, she said, you haven't written at all. You haven't written at all about that. And I said, well, mom, I don't care. And she goes, what do you mean? How can you not care? I said, I don't, I don't live in Portland. And the only effect I'm going to have on Portland is I I said, it's not like, it's not like I'm Andrew Sullivan and I have, you know, 500,000 people waiting on my every word. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky if 25 people read anything I write on the, on the ape on a day, you know, it's like, I'm whatever. I mean, it's not like I'm crying about it, but the th- fact is, if that's the case, if the case is I'm only going to have 25 people read anything I write, I'm going to write something that's interesting to me. I don't give a fuck what they think is interesting because, right? You know, and well, and, and I'm not interested that- in it. I just think it's fucking stupid. And, and and how many times can you read? I think this is stupid. Right. That's and that's the like, thing that gives a shit. You know. So take away like when I get this documentary done, it's out of my way, and I've got more room to put my creative energy, you know, I, I do my hard work and creative energy for the agency, but then I've still got time and energy for my personal shit and, and Littered Ape, you know, the books that I want to write. Uh, but here's the thing. I, it's not that I don't care about what happens in Portland, because I do, or Kenosha, which is even closer to me than Portland. So I actually uh, don't care. Well, I mean, it's I, but interesting, but it's, not like, a, it's not like it affects me in any way. I care, but I don't, we have to choose our fights. We have to pick our battles. And, you know, me spending the energy and the time writing about Kenosha, which is going to... How different is my experience in Chicago going to sound from any other opinionated person who's not... Who did not live well, that the thing is, in Kenosha? Like, what am I offering? Everybody's Nothing. right so about this shit. Let's the do days something before else. The, in yeah. the days before the internet, and I hate to sound like an old fucking cranky man, but in the days before you the internet... The thing is, what ha- you know, Kenosha would happen. It'd be on fire. All this stuff would happen. But you'd find out about it uh, like three or four days later. 
after all the heat was kind of off of it, and it was like, okay, and it would have taken them a little bit of time. There'd been a little space. There'd been some mental space between what happened yeah. and and how we're seeing it. So we wouldn't have this cycle of, we just saw a video of a guy shot seven times, and oh my God, another black man gunned down by a white cop, and now we're going to react. And now we're going to have a whole cycle of like 24 hours where it's nothing but think pieces about the horrors of being a black man in Kenosha. And then... Which is important stuff. Then, well, and, you know, the thing is, it's important, but not if it's done quickly without all the information. That's then you find out. I want to take. My then you time start to things. find. Yeah. yeah. Then you start to find out. Oh well, he had a knife. Hang on. And he, you know, says, oh, "Okay, so this is, you know, and there was this. So now let's take a look at that. And then you find out a little bit later that maybe the white cop was like his buddy in high school, and they were fucking. They hated each other's guts because they were like football rivals, and now he shot him seven times. And then later on, you find out that the 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 cop was a Tourette's victim, and he had a trick. He had like an. I mean, all the information. But we've spent we've spent a week. Yeah. Everybody having an opinion on shit, and you know, it's like that. Having an opinion, like a hardcore, strident opinion, so that people will read it. From the moment it happens, the anything it could be anything, but the moment it happens, everybody's got to have an opinion. It's got to be out there. And then when more information comes in, it's the Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Jesse Smollett's a perfect example. It's like, yeah. okay, this happened. Oh, my God. News media, everybody, every motherfucking dumbass medium writer writes a piece about, oh, the horrors of white supremacy and Jesse Smollett and a, and a fucking and a noose. Oh, my God. Let's exa- let's have a, some medium pieces on the, on the history of the noose and how the noose is this. And then we're going to go through that. And then... There's some more information. And then it's that, oh, she's not going to prosecute him because she found out he lied. Oh, oh she's not going to prosecute him. Let's look at all of the... Th- it's like... Yeah. None of this stuff matters because it is literally... It is the ravings of people desperate for attention, desperate for eyeballs, throwing out spitball stuff without all the information. And I read... Going, going to sort of like the theme of the last three... You know another thing that has been, it's been, and this is official. This is official. What? I just want you to know. Um, another another uh, vestige of white supremacy Don't. Appar- apparently is journalistic objectivity. Oh, for fuck's sake. Journalistic no, objectivity. It, no, I'm telling you, journalistic objectivity. On the, not only that, hey, the Washington Post uh, just had a piece up, and this is in the Washington Post, a, 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 a paper of note. Yeah. Um, another, another vestige of white supremacy is autopsies. Autopsies are basically white supremacy. So subjective, like, like objective journalistic integrity and autopsies and jam, craft jam, these are all white supremacy. And it's like, okay, does anybody stop and go, what the fuck are we talking about? I, and, and I don't want to write about uh, this shit anymore. I have I, no interest in this stuff. It's, it's, it's just it, like, God damn it, eye roll. Yeah, and here's the challenge is we, we, we risk sounding like grumpy old white men to, bitching about, and eh, it's harder now. But here's the thing. We're right. I know <laughs> we're know? right. And, and, and I, there was a time in my life when I was going to be 
a newspaper or magazine journalist, and I was going to be a yeah. columnist. I was going to be the next Mike Royko, and exactly, and things change. You know, your whatever, and it take your life takes you down different paths, and the winds, uh, different yeah, 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 everything. yeah. I, I'm really glad I'm not right now because oh, it's awful. Be, the creative and but but here's the challenge: is that the creative energy spent trying to figure out a different way to say what's already been said, right? Like, that that's what exhausts us from Litter Day. But we're going to talk about Jesse Smollett or Kenosha or any hot topic news thing right now. You know, Trump saying, uh, hey, they should, they should do their mail-in vote and then go vote in person. You know, like, ugh. We have, what is, what is the difference? Because everything, to quote the Bare Naked Ladies, it's all been done, right? We have to yeah, find yeah. a different way to say the same thing. And that's what I wanted to do with this documentary at work, is yeah. I don't want to repeat what has been done. How can I do it a little bit differently? Let's figure it out. And that's where a lot of the energy comes from. And that's what I'm saying, is that my way of excising the demons that I feel about Kenosha or Trump or Jesse Smollett or whatever the fuck it is, whatever the hot topic is, can I work that into a, not an opinion piece, but maybe a, is it a, is it a, uh, a, a Joe Jane's ish minutes of our last meeting, you know, uh, yeah. uh, sketch? Is it a, is it a fiction piece? Is it a, is it a fucking infographic that I have Katie help with the design of it? You know, so yeah. how do we find the way to do it? And it's like, I, but that mental energy, because again, I don't, I also don't want to, I, I, as a writer, you know, you want to incorporate, you want to write about the things that you're feeling and what you know and all that bullshit. Uh, but I, I, I'm also over commenting about, yeah, I'm I'm getting so fucking bored with Other that. Other than, yeah. I, I, and and if I feel the need to do it, I, I'll do it here on the Apecast with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm what I'm liking you know? about the, sort of my sort of my direction <laughs> that I've that I've been doing the writing is that it always incorporates like, okay, this is an opinion, but here's how I dealt with it at work. Here is a, an example of yeah. something that has happened to me that kind of illustrates why I want to go, you know, fucking strangle kittens. Um, I used to tell when I was uh, opinion editor of our college newspaper, uh, which I, I used to tell our the, the writers that people don't want to know what you think; they want to know why you think it. Yeah, that's. I still think that that's, that is good advice for writing an opinionated. That's pretty good. That's column. pretty good. Yeah, that's because good. you could say you know. Uh, Wearing masks is this and that and the other thing and da, da 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 da. But if you can say, "Here's why I think the way I think," without going, "Wearing masks is dumb," and now here's why. But if you can find a creative way to present your case, it's well, it's about persuasive arguments. Thing. Yes. And one of the things that I've realized it's is like maybe I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna go, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to, I'm gonna go back to. I do miss Bughouse. Not even so much the show. I miss writing for it. Well, I had Lauren, so Lauren start... Reed, one of our, one of our. Uh, Favorites yeah, regular at, performers. Yeah, at, at, in at the Chicago Bughouse, she was. She texts me out, out of the blue. She goes, "Is Bughouse going to survive COVID?" And I said, "Well, it hasn't so far, but when this is over, yeah, I hope to because I miss it. And yeah. I also, I kind of want to get dirty with it. I don't want to. I, I want to invite a pro-life person 
and See, a pro-choice person. I want to like let's what's get so real fun, with this. The shit. thing about it is, you, and that's the first time because that has been like the Chicago there. You took over, and it became very much let's let's make it funny. And now I hear you saying exactly what I'm always saying: is, let's get fucking nasty with this because that's the fun. Well, I don't I don't know a lot of. People well, that oppose the getting, arguments, like yeah, getting getting to get getting people, and that's been the hardest thing about Bug House is getting people to actually argue the the hard topic is really hard to do. Because you and I will people, do it. You and I will do bubble. it. We all live in a bubble. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like I said to this day. One of my absolute favorite Bug House arguments was was Chris Churchill's argument in favor of the MAGA hat. Yeah, I mean, God damn it, the way he took that, it was just. Oh my God! And I know he didn't agree with it because he said it three times know, in his right. piece how he didn't agree with it. But it was a great. And if he'd just taken those parts out of it, it would have been perfect. But um, yeah, so I'm I, yeah. I, I I think I think we're in the same. Pl- we're 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 in this. Our our intent. Our, our circumstances are different, but the result is the same. Is that we're just kind of like I don't I don't know what to fucking write about. Because I would love to get. Uh, let's take the topic of. Does the Republican Party have conservative values, or does Trump have conservative values? Is he promoting the conservative values? And I'd like to get somebody who, in my opinion, rightfully says, "No fucking way, no fucking way." Is he a conservative value guy? Is the GOP yeah. currently conservative yeah. values? No, unless their conservative values are now racism and xenophobia and blah blah, right? Sure. But I, I do know people that believe that Trump and the Republican Party right now. But they're not the kind of people that are going to do bug house. They're not going to do bug house. Yeah. And so, yeah, that becomes, I think our agenda is far larger and and perhaps more difficult to accomplish in the show. It's hard. Show. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's, I it's guess that's easier because it's easier to find. Like, I like Star Trek better versus Star Wars. Like, that's easy. That's, but, like, that's, the, the big shit that people will come to the show and hear about, like, well, let's. It's hard to get people to actually, number one, do it. And number two, the ones that will do it, take it seriously and actually. I mean, and that's been, that was always my frustration with Pearson is I would give him the hard topic and he'd just basically argue exact, he'd argue exactly the opposite of what he was supposed to argue yeah. because he just didn't, he just couldn't find himself. Gorgo does the same shit. Bill yeah. Gorgo does the same shit. Yeah, yeah. He does the same shit. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, God well, damn it. And you know, here's the problem is that like Ben Shapiro and Rachel Maddow, I have emailed them and texted them a thousand times. They have not gotten back to me. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is, is a watch. It's watch Black Panther. With Chadwick Boswick? With- <laughs> it's with Chud, Chud Pants Bozeman. <laughs> watch watch black panther again and and try really hard not uh, not to weep not to or fuck it no watch black panther and give into the the emotion of uh the death scenes when he goes into you know at the beginning when he sees his dad and he's like, I'm not ready to be without you. You know, this idea of there's a lot of death is a big thing in that film, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. And 
when he was, if, if my math is correct, when he was filming that movie. He had the cancer. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Had he cancer. definitely He definitely had the cancer before he started the movie. Disney's freaking out. Kevin Feige, who is the architect yeah. of all the Marvel thing, he found he found out that Chad McMosman was going to die like a day before he did. And he's like, well, what the fuck? Black Panther, Black Panther 2 is slated for 2022. What the fuck? Are, exactly. Yeah. So Because nobody's they watching this, that fucking who movie. Who are they going to sue for contract uh, breach? Exactly. Because nobody... Because I don't want to go see... I don't want to go see fucking... Uh, I mean, you know, I love... As much as I love this actor... Um, oh, that's the way they should go. Yeah. This is how you. This is how you complete the circle for for uh, Chadwick Boseman dying um, in the Marvel universe. Is is what you do is because Terrence Howard was Rhodey. Uh, I was Rhodey. just gonna fucking say it. He I was, was Rhodey. <laughs> bring him back as T'Challa, and it all goes into a full circle. I was just gonna say bring back <laughs> Terrence Howard as. Yeah. Actually, what I think they should do is. I was or just make Katie Don Cheadle do it because Don Cheadle's every black man. So it's, there you go. If there's a way that they can write in, you know, because they took spoiler alert by the way for a two year old Killmonger, movie. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, he burned all of the the plants. But yeah. uh, I can't remember her name. But she took the one to feed uh, uh, T'Challa again, so he could be yeah. she could get the power of the Black Panther. But I think his sister. If there's a way they can like. Uh, you know, oh, that'd be interesting. Because his sister can handle that shit. That'd be interesting. She's, she's family royalty. She's badass. She's a lot of fun to watch on film. She's a great actor. Like that'd be all right. That that'd be, be kind right. of cool. And then it, there's that shift of it's not yeah. just we're not just replacing T'Challa. It's yeah. You can't just as long as they don't get like Chad. Kelsey like Kelsey Grammer in there right. as T'Challa, and right. then they do something. Like, well, it was this thing with the transformation of his face and skin. No, I don't want to see no. that shit. Yeah, but I'm if, not interested if, you know, in that. You, it's going to be a hard challenge for them, and it's right. that it's that creative twist. That's the creative challenge. How do you make? So you're saying thing? watch, watch yeah. Black Panther and ruminate on the fact that he's dead, and also just enjoy the movie because it's a fucking great film. But it's you, a pretty yes. good movie. Yeah, it's but not it, a great it's, film. It's but hard. It's, a, it's hard not to watch it. It's hard to watch it and not think about knowing what we know now. Yeah. So I don't think I can yeah. watch that whole movie right now, mainly because I don't want to have every scene injected with, oh my God, he died. But I will watch, and I did watch, um, I will watch and have watched uh, Endgame again, yeah. because there's only one moment. He's not in Endgame, except right. for that pivotal moment on your left, and there's and that brings yeah. some emotional resonance, and that's all I need. I don't need to be... You know, I didn't need to like bathe in the death of this actor. I mean, he was an actor, and he was a great well, guy, apparently. But bathe you know, in the in the life of this actor that he was well, doing was, fucking Black Panther with colon cancer. Well, then, yeah. Mean, well, the thing is, if you want to if you want to watch something and say, oh, I want to bathe in the life of this actor, watch Forty Fucking Two. Watch right. Forty Two. It's a better goddamn movie. All right. So wait, is is your is is your first six thing? No, I'm just doing a counter. My first six thing is watch. Teenage Bounty Hunters on Netflix. Oh, God damn it, Don. Because I'm telling you, I did not think I was going to like it. It's like, it's, That's the- <laughs> it's two 17-year-old girls who happen to be bounty hunters and all this stuff. Man, this is one adorable, funny, this is a really good show. It's on Netflix. That's what you should want. And while you're watching it, I want the whole time while you're watching it, wonder to yourself, what if Chungwick Bostwick was playing this role? 
right. I was going to say that if... When you echoed me and said, you know, think about their... Enjoy the movie for the life of that they lived or whatever. It sounded really fucking stupid, so I'm sorry that I said it. But anyway. Uh, all right, yeah, so... God damn it. Sticking with the theme of... <laughs> of assless chaps... Bus- <laughs> Bosco. Uh, yeah. Watch any of the three. Get on up. James yep. Brown story. 42, yep. Jackie Robinson story. Because that's the best movie of the bunch. Or Marshall, the Thurgood Marshall story. So basically, eh. uh, uh, Chad Chad McPherson. Yeah, it was hang, great. Hanging, hanging Chad Bose speaker system. <laughs> God damn it. All right, my second thing is... He, well, what he what I was going to say is that he, he, is his, like, the bulk of his career... Fortunately or unfortunately, was 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 living these these real people. Black Panther, not a real person, but like he he had to fill the, the shoes of a character that had you know forty five years of existence or whatever it was. Um, like he filled shoes. That's what this guy did, and that is a big that is a a big feat for an actor to do. And I, I and it sounds like he was just a fucking great dude. So basically. My first well, see, the reason, the time, thing is, this is what I appreciate about Chadwick Boseman. What I appreciate about yeah. Chad, Chadwick Boseman more than anything else is that I don't know. if He, he might have been a fucking shitbag for all I know because his personal life was personal. He did the movies and then he kept his shit to himself. Now, maybe it's because he had colon cancer and didn't want anybody to know it, but from what I understand, he didn't think he was going to die from it. He thought he was going to beat it. Great, whatever. The thing about it is, I appreciate Chadwick Boseman because I don't know a goddamn thing about his personal life. All I know is the characters he played in movies that, for the most part, not all the way around, for the most part, I really enjoyed. And so that is something that I can appreciate is that I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have to know what he ate for dinner. And I didn't have to see a guy, you know, I didn't have no. to watch his Instagram. I didn't have to watch his Instagram and have him outed. I mean, it's like it's like Obama, not because he's black, but because Obama had no scandals. Maybe Obama yeah. was a, maybe he was fucking puppies in the Oval Office. We don't know, but nobody Jesus. said, and that's okay. I don't need to know your personal Dude, shit. First of all, there's no way he was fucking puppies in the Oval Office. Just, his, just be a his good big actor. black dick wouldn't fit in a single puppy on this planet, so... <laughs> There goes that. Well, that's the point. You split unless him in he was, half. Unless he, oh, Jesus. All right. But here, what I know about uh, Thurgood Marshall, or Chadwick Boseman, he just becomes the characters, is that, you know, since his death, is that he was, like, he was really great with his fans. Like, he was just a fucking cool... Again, that could be considered acting. Well, and, the thing is, okay. that's his job. His yeah. job was to be... I think, I think his work with the, with the cancer patients, uh, I think that was probably a genuine... Yeah. I'm not saying he wasn't a great guy. I'm sure he was a great guy. I don't need to know if he was a great guy. I don't think the fact that he had cancer makes him heroic. I no, think it makes he, him unfortunate. I think he was a good. I think he was a quite good actor in some yeah. uh, in some pretty decent movies, and he seemed like to be a really fucking great guy. Yeah. All right, that's okay. I'm sad. I mean, I'm sad that he's dead, but uh, I get to watch his movies, and that's the whole point. Well, it's my two of my three thing, things this week, so just fucking do it, okay? My my second thing is because he's not dead. 
Yeah. Um, Ridley Scott has a new series on HBO Max called Raised by Wolves, and it's fucking... This looks like his Prometheus days. He finally oh. found a... He finally found a way to tell that kind of story without making you go, what the fuck is this? Uh, so uh, right. it, it's Raised by Wolves. It's really good. I've only actually seen the first episode, but it's it's quite fucking good. It's a great concept. Um, the, it, the, the, the visuals are amazing. The story seems to be really interesting. And so All right. Raised by Wolves. Raised right by Wolves. Right on. Uh, my third thing to do this week is it's a read. It's a book. It's called Problematic Movies of the 80s, a problematic book about problematic stuff. Uh, wow, that sounds like a really interesting book. It's okay. Uh, it's written by Don Hall. What uh, a fucking blowhard hack. It's the dumbest name for an author I could possibly think of. I if, know. Yeah. What does he think? He's the fucking poet laureate? That guy's dead. Right? <laughs> and have you seen him in Black Panther? Donald Hall, the poet laureate in Black Panther, is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, but check out the book. It's available on Amazon. Just go there. Who the fuck? If it's available anywhere, it's available on Amazon. Just go to Amazon, check out Problematic Movies of the 80s, a problematic book about problematic stuff by Don Hall. Not the Poet Laureate, but should be the Poet Laureate. And my third thing is a read. It is by John McWhorter in The Atlantic. It's an article called Academics Are Really, Really Worried About Their Freedom. And it is, it is, it is, it is now, as, like I said, as autopsies and journalistic objectivism, journalistic objectivist journalism is now white supremacy, as, as basically people are being attacked. This isn't part of the article, but it was very interesting. There's a USC uh, linguistics professor who has now basically been canceled. And the reason he's been canceled is he's talking about linguistics, and it's a Zoom thing, right? He's doing Zoom classes. Yeah. And there is a Chinese word. It's, a, it's either Chinese or Korean word that is pronounced niga. And he's saying it, and they decided that he was saying the N-word. Yeah. And he was making a he wasn't even making a point that it sounded like it. He was making a completely different point. And so he's you know, he's Mr. Linguistics. He's not even thinking about what this might be interpreted, because who the fuck thinks like that except for a goddamn idiot? And so he says it, well, they they've outed him. So this is really academics are really, really worried about their freedom. Um, it's a nice article to kind of say, you know, I am so goddamn glad I went to college in the fucking eighties, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck I this is it this is what we're t- I, I just I, fuck I uh, just read it yeah ugh. like I don't yeah. I care but I don't fucking care you can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts Stitcher or any place you find your podcast Jones if you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court review or share the show on your own platforms or throw us a few bucks on Patreon for more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>